Hello, fellow visionaries. The Big Book Study recording for Thursday, July 9th will begin in just a few moments. But first, I want to personally invite you to come and join about 400 of your closest friends for the first ever Big Book Convention hosted by A Vision for You. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, October 30th, 31st, and November 1st, A Vision for You will be rolling out the red carpet for the first epic Big Book Convention ever for compulsive overeaters. The power of the Big Book, a weekend of inspiration, education, and motivation. Perhaps you have already heard about this mega event. Perhaps you already know that it will be held at the Virginia Beach, Virginia, Wyndham Hotel and Convention Center. Perhaps some of you have already registered, but you could not have known that a vision for you is blasting out recovery in 3D style like you have never, ever seen before. Wait, did I say 3D? Let me do this event justice and call it what it is. A vision for you will be cranking out recovery through the steps in 4D because we compulsive overeaters cannot and do not do anything small scale. You thought the daily big book study blows you away. Well, I implore you, do not miss what you will be experiencing through all of your senses here at this weekend event. Speakers, entertainment, and fellowship, it promises to be electric. Enrich your recovery. Jumpstart your recovery. Get abstinent. Whatever your flavor in terms of recovery, follow the laughter and join us. Further details and registration for this life-changing exciting epic event on this convention weekend can be found on our website and that web address is www.avisionforyou.info there has never ever been anything quite like it so take some time go to our website print out a convention flyer and spread the word Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sally A. from South Jersey and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, July 9th, 2015. Today we are reading from the AA Big Book and we will begin reading on the top of page 97, beginning with the first paragraph which says, Never avoid these responsibilities. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Amy W., for the 12 traditions, Katie G., and our readers will be Anita J., Kathy K., and Santa H. The reference number for Wednesday, July 8, 2015, is 7807. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA 
to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, always fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Amy W. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, everyone. Amy W., compulsive overeater from California. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Amy W. I will now ask Katie G. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Sally. This is Katie G. Can you hear me? I can. Good morning, everyone. Katie G., recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic from Boston, Mass. 12 traditions of OA. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to, compulsive, to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting declining outside contributions. Eight, over ears anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 
9, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Over Ears Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Katie G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requires, requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we will resume our study of the AA Big Book on page 97 at the top of the page, beginning with the words, never avoid these responsibilities. I will now ask Anita J. to begin reading. Thank you, Sally. This is Anita J. Thank you for your service and all the readers this morning. This is Anita J., a recovered compulsive reader from Massachusetts. Never avoid these responsibilities, but be sure you are doing the right thing if you assume them. Helping others is the foundation stone of your recovery. A kindly act once in a while isn't enough. You have to act the good Samaritan every day if need be. It may mean the loss of many nights sleep, great interference with your pleasures, interruptions to your business. It may mean sharing your money and your home, counseling frantic wives and relatives, innumerable trips to police courts, sanitariums, hospitals, jails, and asylums. Your service may j- your telephone may jangle at any time of the day or night. Your wife may sometimes say she is neglected. A drunk may smash the furniture in your home or burn a mattress. You may have to fight with them if he is violent. Sometimes you will have to call a doctor and administer sedatives under his direction. Another time you may have to send for the police or an ambulance. Occasionally you will have to meet such conditions. During the many years of reading the big book, I thought this paragraph had absolutely nothing to do with me. It should have been a 
chapter my mother read, this section. But now I understand I can get something out of every single paragraph. And what it's telling me is never avoid these responsibilities, whatever these responsibilities are. And how I see my responsibilities these days is I have a clear-cut directions on my responsibilities, which uh, is what brought me into the rooms and which has me reading on the line today a a recovery in that fourth dimension. I, um, I know about boundaries. That's something that you you begin, you pick up. I believe I'm really uh, grateful to the sponsors I've had and some of the role models I've had in this program because I know what I can do and what I can't do. I don't think I need to pass on a second-class um, help in terms of somebody's emotional state that they need outside help for. When I first came in, um, as I began to change, some issues in my marriage came up, and um, it was become to be very troubling. And I told my sponsor, and she said to me, you know, this is beyond OA. This is outside of OA. And I then asked someone who was one of the old, old timers in this program, and she said the identical words. This is beyond OA. So what I can do is be very clear on what I'm passing on. I'm passing on the gift that was given to me last year in in these rooms. Um, And it can cause not not all of this, um, all these very dramatic things that may happen, but, you know, it interrupts. I'm taking on a great deal of people these days. And, um, you know, the joy in it, when I'm doing what it says I can do, what I have a real ability right now, because of my recovery, I have something wonderful to pass on, not a second-rate help that might just keep somebody from falling to the gutter. If somebody needs to go out and do that crazy behavior like I had to do, so many more times, do it. God bless you so you'll come back soon, please. And, um, you know, my, my I don't have a wife. My husband knows something new is happening in my life here, and he doesn't say a word anymore about the times the phone rings. Or that in the middle of the evening, I have to get up and go in a room for an hour. I think he sees, uh, that's his service. That's his service, and this is mine. And as long as I keep two points and not give somebody uh, my opinion on which hospital to go to or this or that, if if it's in my experience, I might pass on something like that. But if it isn't, I can direct them. Or I can just tell them this is beyond the scope of what I can do for you. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Anita J. And who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is Bella. Can I share? Kayla Lawson. Nessie? Kim G. I heard you, Kim G. That's good. Hi, Nancy Hara. 
Katie from Boston. Julie R. Okay, here's what I heard. I'm going to go one quick sweep. It's Kim G. I heard Katie from Boston. I think that's Katie G. I heard Bella. I heard Nancy. I heard Julie. Who else? Nancy Ara. Nancy R. I heard you, Renata. I heard Nessie. Nessie. Oh, thank you. Nessie, I heard you. I said Kim G, Katie G, Bella, Nessie, Julie. Renata, Nancy R, is there anyone else? Okay, let's do that then. Kim G and Katie G, you'll be up next. Your ears are being challenged today, Miss Sally. Good morning, all. My name is my name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Wonderful to have all these recovered voices that are so anxious to share on this uh, this paragraph. Um, helping others is the foundation stone of your recovery. A kindly act once in a while isn't enough. You have to act the Good Samaritan every day, if need be. It may mean may mean, woo, it's definitely going to mean loss of a lot of sleep and stuff. Um, and, and I, the reason I like to talk about this paragraph with the girls that I work with is, is I love the name of the chapter, Working With Others. And sometimes we get caught up in um, the idea of the word sponsor. And it's very specific to one, you know, this, this person that we are sponsoring. And I like people to expand this, expand the idea of working with others. You know, one of the biggest complaints I get from people is nobody returns my phone call. So I really stress, you need to return your phone calls and do it in a timely manner. That can be so discouraging for someone who needs help. You know, we offer at the end of the meeting, offer and take someone through the doctor's opinion. It's so essential in this specific fellowship, we walk in and we don't know what sobriety is a lot of times. So whether or not you're going to take that person through the steps, the offer to take them through a chapter, take them through the doctor's opinion, let them know what their abstinence is, help them to understand the allergy of the body. So they can put the food down so they can work the steps. You know, when you're going to meetings, are you going late and leaving early? So there's someone there that's suffering, that's returning, that's crawling back into the room for the fourth, fifth, sixth time, and they have no one to talk to after the meeting because you have something better to do? You know, are you only talking to the people that you know after the meeting? And there's someone there that is, it wants help, but nobody's talking to them and they run out of the room. You know, I was told once that if my working with others is convenient, it simply means I'm not doing enough. And another thing that I heard was, you know, I thought I had to like everybody I worked with. I have to have that connection. That's, you know, let's see if we connect enough that we can work together. That's BS. I'm there to help the suffering compulsive over here. I don't, it doesn't matter if I like you. I don't need to like everyone I work with. I don't need to like everyone I interact with. What I want is to be helpful. And another part I need to know is, is I need to know my other recovered fellows. I need to know if I'm not able to help someone, who can I refer them to? I need to have those conversations. And my personal opinion, this is how anonymity works against us. I can't let you know who I'm sponsoring. I can't let you know who my sponsor is. We need to have networks of people that understand, you need help? Let me tell you some recovered people in your area or, or that I know that, that, that maybe that can help you. So this is, this is the message that I'm hearing in here is I, my focus needs to be on working with others. And my personal opinion, I feel like steps one through 11 are simply a preparation to carry the message because it's in carrying this message that I recreate the spiritual experience which allows me to live a life where I do not want my binge food. And with that, I pass. 
Thanks, Kim G. And Katie G., you're up. Bella, you'll be up next. Thank you, Sally. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G., recovered compulsive overeater from Boston, Massachusetts. And, yeah, what a privilege it is to be on this line this morning with all of you and Chapter 12, working with others. Um, So I want to hone in. So foundation stone of my recovery. So what am I recovered from today, right? A seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. I have a disease of the mind and I have a disease of the body, right? My physical allergy and my obsession of the mind. My natural obsession, my natural inclination is if I have a problem, I want to sit and think about it all day. If I have a problem, I want to call every single person in my life, and I want them to tell me what to do. I want to talk about me. I want to obsess about me. I want to make sure that my needs are met, right? But the thing is, what I'm learning a day at a time through this recovery process is that actually recovery, the foundation stone of my recovery, is to be other-centeredness. Right, I am a self, naturally self-centered person. My solution is other-centeredness. And I think Tim did a great job talking about sponsorship. And I also want to comment on another network of people, which is, you know, expanding my group of recovered women, people who are, you know, newly on the other side, people who don't know how to do a 10-step, who don't know, who are calling me up and they're in pain because guess what, guys? If I don't, for me, if I don't do a resentment turnaround and throw myself harder into helping others and I don't, I don't get to the root cause, I'm going to want to eat, right? Because that resentment is going to eat through, literally, to my core and what's going to happen? Eating is going to be a step up from how I feel about myself. So working with others, the foundation stone, guys, the most important stone in my life is get out of KDG. Is, you know, people tell me they can't pick up the phone. It's too hard. It's too whatever. That is my self-centered fear. I got to tell you, I'm not that important that when I call Kim G because I need a 10-step, she's not freaking out and saying, oh, my God, this is so inconvenient, you know? Like this is the foundation of my life, and I am – on fire because you know what my death has been interrupted so my butt better be on fire for answering my phone for helping women with tens for helping for writing my 11 sending it out to my crew and expanding the women that I work with each and every day you know I I call um, all the newcomers that I get you know via email and you know what it's not comfortable no nobody's ever smashed my furniture but it's about stepping out of my comfort zone because guess what my life depends on it and what a privilege to be able to live today happy, joyous, and free. And with that, I do pass. Thank you. Thank you, Katie G. And Bella, it's your turn. And if each of you can make sure that you get the first initial of your last name, that would be helpful. Next day, you'll be up next. Go ahead, Bella. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G., and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Helping others is the foundation stone of your recovery. Wow, yes, helping others. Now that I am in the program, thank you, God, for me helping is a different meaning than before program. Before program for me to help others means uh, to be a people pleaser. Uh, to help others means to get approval of my smartness, of my uh, good personality. It came from helping others. It was like a kind of helping my ego to prove that I am special. I am better than you. 
Thank you, God, that I am not there anymore. Today, for me, helping others has a different meaning. Today, it doesn't come from my ego part. Today, I don't want to prove nothing. I don't need the approval of people. Today, I don't want to show that I am better than you. Today, I don't want to teach you. I am not a teacher. I am not a therapist. Today, I want to share my experience. Today, I want to, to show that there is a recovery. And the other part that today I accept and admit that I am human and I don't know everything. And I always, always have the opportunity to learn more things from others. And it's not that I, I can teach you and I will show you the recovery because I am better. No, today I can learn from everybody. I can learn, I can get new ideas, I can get strength out to deal and behave with certain situations. And it's a wonderful feeling. Today we are all the same. And this is my recovery. Today it's, I, am, I live in a we society. It's not a war anymore. Thank you very much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And Nessie, you're up. Julia, you're up next. Hi, good morning. My name is Nefe R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, it is so nice to hear this uh, again. Um, I was at a face-to-face meeting yesterday um, in Toronto, and uh, this was the very topic. Um, you know, when I, when I read this paragraph, you know, the first thought that goes through my, you know, addicted, self-centered mind is like, my gosh, do I got to go to such great lengths? Why do I have to go through such, to such great lengths? And the answer is really given to me before the question in the beginning of, uh, in the very beginning of this, of this chapter on page 89 where it says, practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as extensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. So this is telling me that you know, more than um, me helping my sponsees, my, my prospects, et cetera, they are helping me. They're helping me stay recovered. Um, and so, so what this tells me is, yes, I do have to go to such great, great lengths. I have Whoops, Nase, we lost you. Nase, star one, please. Just one more second. Hello. Okay. Hi. Can you hear me? Am I back? Yep. You're back. Oh, okay. just, just a, a weird recording. A weird recording came up. Um, so what this means to me practically is that um, I, I gotta reach out to people. I gotta sponsor as many people as I can. I can fit into my schedule. I have to go to meetings that are not necessarily the most popular meetings. That are not necessarily the strongest meetings. Um, I have to take phone numbers of people who are struggling, people who are coming back, people who are new. I have to reach out to those people, you know, because I need to be of service, yes, to help them, but also, and perhaps more importantly, because it helps me stay recovered. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nessie. Julia, you're up, and Renata, you'll be up next. 
Hi, this is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. So the first thing I have highlighted is helping others is the foundation stone of your recovery. You know, so that tells me I have two choices. I can continue my life, you know, doing what I want to do and get the same results. You know, morbid obesity, being controlling, manipulating, etc. Or I can do exactly what this big book tells me to do and um, make sure that I am of service to others. The foundation stone, you know, that is that one that's going to strengthen everything else. I don't have a choice if I want to recover. I have to be available. I need to sponsor. I need to call newcomers. I need to be a service to my family. It's not just program because program teaches me how to live, live without the food, live without all the other character defects that I use constantly. But it's when my husband wants to go on an all-day motorcycle ride and I want to read a book, it's like, how can I be of service? It's when my children want to do something. It's it's program. When I when I see somebody calling me late at night and I know that they're in the food, um, you know, I have a responsibility to share my recovery, share the solution. So it, it's not something that um, I can just say, oh, I don't want to sponsor right now or I don't want to help another person. That's not what this whole program was built on. It's how am I, how is Julie going to get out of herself and be there? Not to say that I'm going to be on the phone 24-7 and not paying attention to my family. I set boundaries too. How am I of service to my family? Not taking phone calls after X amount of, um, you know, 8 o'clock at night so that I could enjoy them. So it's something that I have to constantly be thinking about. At work yesterday, how am I going to be of service to that customer? How am I going to be of service to my employee? It's it's something that I never did automatically because it was always, what is in it for Julie? How am I going to get that, you know, 15th donut sitting on the table? How am I going to walk to the bathroom with my pockets full of, of whatever? So this is a whole different way of living for me. And I am grateful that I can list how I was a service every night on my nightly review. You know, those big ones that, yes, I did this, I did this. So I am grateful because when I am a service, I am not into self. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Julie. And Renata, it's your turn. Nancy, you're up next. Thank you, Sally. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G., Recovered Compulsive Beta in New York. Helping others is the foundation stone of your recovery. A kindly act once in a while isn't enough. You have to act the Good Samaritan every day if need be. And, um, you know, all these actions described here in this paragraph, you know, um, what it, you know, if I'm acting like this, that means that I'm I'm not being selfish. I'm not being self-centered. You know, and on page 62, I've learned that selfishness and self-centeredness is at the root of my problem, you know, of my troubles. Food was just a symptom. You know, my real problem is that I'm a self-centered, fearful, selfish human being. You know, and so, you know, my purpose today is to really be of service to others and try to find out what my heart power will is and how can I be most helpful. Because, you know, when I was in self-will, when I was in the disease, I couldn't be of help to anybody, including myself. And so... You know, um, 
you know, like uh, Katie G said, I need to get out of my self-centered fear and put myself out there to be helpful to others. You know, I know, like, a lot of people, when they newly recovered, they're afraid to sponsor. You know, they feel like they have nothing to offer. They're scared. And, you know, today I understand that sponsoring is not about being perfect. It's not about saving anybody. It's about, you know, sharing my experience, my time, hope, you know, this big book, what I've learned in this process. If I've been through the process of the 12 steps and I've had a spiritual awakening, I have something to share with someone else, someone who's hopeless in this disease. And, um, you know, I, I want to make mine the words of, you know, Dr. Bob when he said that, you know, he carries the message because, you know, one is a sense of duty, two, it is a pleasure, three, because in doing so I am paying the debt of the man who took time to pass it on to me, and four, because every time I do it, I take a little more insurance for myself against a possible sleep, and these are true for me, and, um, you know, uh, carrying a message of hope to people that are hopeless is the greatest gift my heart has ever given me. I've never found more joy or contentment in anything else I've done in life than, you know, by helping someone else. So, you know, if I really can get out of my self-centeredness and be helpful to others, it, it really saves the day every time. It never fails. Thanks in advance. Thank you, Renata. And Nancy R., it's your turn. Hi, good morning. I'm Nancy R., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And... um I thank God for sponsorship. Uh, I was, I'm was i a preacher's kid. I was raised in a household where we where this tenant of you, your brother's keeper, helping people was something that I uh, was raised up with. I saw my parents exhibit it, and it just became a part of who I, uh, who I am uh, naturally to help, to reach out, uh, be of service. Um, and so I really appreciate sponsorship and helping me with this. Um, being single most of my life, it was very easy to work with others. But uh, recently married, uh, my husband began to complain about the amount of time that I spent on the telephone. And uh, I, I'm just so grateful for having a sponsor who, who helped me uh, learn to set boundaries um, because I do have a responsibility to my husband, and uh, I do not shirk. I, I accept. Um, I accept the mantle of carrying the message, uh, to where, whenever and wherever I can. Um, I'm so grateful that someone took time with me, and I am willing. I am willing to help anybody, but I have to. I have to set boundaries, and for me, that that was the most difficult thing. Uh, it's the most difficult thing not to accept a phone call if it's not convenient for what I'm involved with with my husband, uh, and also just sharing uh, with him, get try, you know, helping him to understand the necessity of me being on the phone uh, so much, and you know, working with my sponsor and watching, observing basically how she set boundaries with me has really helped me uh, set boundaries with the people that I work with. But um, 
the joy of the joy of helping anybody, not just in the program, is a, is a delight for me to help people, but particularly to help someone find the release that I found in this program is just such a privilege. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy. Nancy R. And it's Sally A. Uh, recovered compulsive eater in South Jersey. I'm going to jump in here for a moment and speak also to that particular sentence. Your wife may sometimes say she is neglected, right in the middle of the paragraph. And this really strikes home for me because my own children um, have often uh, expressed um, their angst with OA because my children were raised um, in OA, basically, because I was 22 years old when I came to OA. And my children uh, basically were watching me slipping and sliding through 30, at this point, over 32 years in OA, and and so they saw the inconsistencies, and um, I think it was really very hard for them to probably sometimes on a daily basis, you know, to figure out, okay, is she on the wagon? Oh, she's off the wagon. Oh, goody, she's off the, the wagon. She's in the food with us, and, and um, you know, for my children, this really has been I think um, a real challenge for them, and especially these last few years um, where I have finally embraced my illness and accept who I am um, with this eating disorder that I have, and, and no longer do I treat it um, where I, I sort of keep it in a shoebox in my closet, as, you, as you've heard me say, but instead I really treat it with the, um, the nature and the severity of the illness that it is. Um, I know that my children, if I had a renal dialysis three times a week, I had to go four hours three times a week, they would be very unhappy that I had to be locked to a machine in a facility three times a week for four hours. It would be really inconvenient for them to have a mom with renal disease. I don't have that disease. I have an eating disorder. And my eating disorder requires certain things of me, and it's I've learned that it's most important that I embrace and understand who I am, what I have, and the nature and the severity of my eating disorder. And as I do what I need to do in order to be well, I, as gently as I can, have to, have to do what I have to do. Um, but, you know, as it was said, the, the boundary setting where we can set boundaries when we're with our family, when they have certain, they have expectations that we would like to meet their expectations, um, it really does come down to balancing between restraint of pen and tongue and saying nothing. And the opposite is, for me, is um, being honest and direct and saying what I need for me. And this is an emotional balance that, is taking place in my own life that I'm learning to take care of me and be balanced. Thanks for letting me share. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Hi, Charles H. from New York. This is Larry. Judy. Ronnie. Okay, hold on just a second here. Charles, I heard Charles. I heard Judy F. I heard Leah. Who else did I hear? Larry. Larry, who else did I hear? I, I'm sorry. Monica, Monica, you. Monica I heard you. Monica, do and Phoebe. Let's see how far we get. I'm going to start with Charles and then go to Judy F., then Leah, then Larry, then Monica, then do and then Phoebe. Let's go ahead, Charles and Judy F., you'll be up next. 
Thank you, Sally Charles H. Good morning, Sally, my spiritual sister. Thanks for your service. I'm gonna be real quick because you know I love to hear all the you know I love to hear everybody. So you know I just want to say this one time. I want to finger paint all over this uh, paragraph. It's powerful. But uh, even Superman got to stay away from kryptonite. And, and you know just for today I'm gonna flip the pyramid because I don't want your I don't want your hookup, your Wi-Fi hookup. I want my own connection and my own Wi-Fi. Let's gotta say that. So I live in a Big Apple, and 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 my phone. My phone jangles all the time, and, and in the Big Apple, everybody wants to take a bite out of you. For example, I had a client at work yesterday, and just because I didn't uh, enable him to do what he wants, he said he's going to blow the building up. I wasn't even, I was like, it's okay. You know, I said, you know, thank God I sent a serenity prayer, and, I, you know, I prayed for him, and he kept it moving, but I, I, I took the proper precautions. So I want to talk about where it says, you know, everybody talked about the, the foundation of the recovery, helping others. Once in a while, this is the third time I've seen this in a big book. And every time I see once in a while, it shows me that I can't be just doing this thing once in a while. Well, once in a while, he tells the truth and there's a solution. And then Dr. Jung telling um, my man that wanted to get recovered. Well, once in a while, people have this spiritual recovery. And here it tells me in working with others, once in a while is not good enough. It's not enough, right? So. Um, so this is every day. Frantic wives, yep. Sanitariums, hospital jails, yep. Telephone jangle. Dude called me last night, 12 to 8. Yeah, you know, I can't make it in, but he called me at quarter to 11. Nobody's coming in. I had to come in. It's all good. You know, and, and, and I had to sacrifice and miss a doctor's appointment. But you know what? There's always, thank God for do-overs. And I had a resentment with it, and, and, and I'm helping others by letting you know that you can be recovered by going through those columns, talking about it, and getting through on the other side clean and abstinent. With that, I'm going to pass. Thanks for allowing me. Thank you. Thank you, Charles H. Judy F., it's your turn, and Leah, you'll be up next. Good morning, Sally. This is Judy F., compulsive overeater recovered in Massachusetts, currently in uh, Ocean City, New Jersey. So my experience with this, um, paragraph i i'm a compulsive person <laughs> but you didn't know that um being a compulsive reader so um you know helping others is the foundation stone of your recovery and it doesn't say helping the protege is the foundation it is others and um in my life i my my vocation is helping teenagers and um, I try to be helpful in, in my family. I have um, a mentally ill brother and a, a sister that's going through a lot. And and so when I first came in, um, I for five, six years I was single in this program, and my doors were open, and I was um, really uh, in every area um, a, a lot in program. And then um, I met my husband and got married, and and I was continuing that, and, and he had a real problem because I was not making him an important person in my life. And I've had to learn that through the years. Um, and it's only going to God. Like on page 164, we realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day to the man who is still sick. And, you know, I, I have six people in my family, and, and sometimes my husband um, really needs my help. And so it's only 
when I go to God, I can't make these decisions alone because I'm, my nature is just help, help, help. And um, that's easier for me than to say no and be helpful to someone that it isn't as, uh, you don't get as much kudos. They're not saying, oh, thank you. <laughs> You're wonderful. So um, it's all about God for me. Like, God, show me, how can I be helpful today? And taking it moment by moment and bringing God, you know, that pause. God, is this um, where you want me now? Is this where I can be helpful? Or did I already make a commitment with my husband? Uh, so that balance, but always to be helpful and not, and I come last, but I also have to remember God has given me gifts and people in my life. And, um, and that's God. It's not, not me. So it's all about God. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Judy F. Leah M. It's your turn. Larry, you're up next. Thank you so much, Sally. Um, I, too, wanted to speak on that statement. Uh, your wife may sometimes say she is neglected um, related to sponsorship and helping other people. I mean, in 1987, when I first started this process and started to work with other people, um, I was newly married, no kids um, on the scene. And, uh, you know, I just uh, submerged myself into the work, into the program, um, you know, just into the community um, of AA at that time because OA was was weaker in my area um, and then worked my way, you know, into helping OA um, the best I could. And, you know, the family afterwards talks about this. It says, even if he displays a certain amount of neglect and irresponsibility towards the family, it is well to let him go as far as he likes in helping other alcoholics. During those first days of convalescence, this will do more to ensure his sobriety than anything else Though some of his manifestations are alarm, alarming and disagreeable, uh, we think Dad will be on a firmer foundation. And indeed, that's what occurred. Uh, you know, because I threw myself into the recovery process, and recovery has to be number one. <laughs> and you know what? It's still number one. Um, it has to be number one um, because my relationship with God has to be number one, and this program allows for that connection. However, you know, that being said, and, and I do encourage people to read that chapter because it talks about, um, you know, that uh, Father will necessarily spend much time with other alcoholics, but this activity should be balanced. So we do get to a place of balance. The way I look at it is, because of the work that I do in order to save my life and live a quality of life that I didn't have in disease, my husband, my 12 kids, my daughter-in-law, my son-in-law, my grandchildren are getting the best of me, the best of me. Because, you know, we all come here and we all celebrate, you know, our, our date of abstinence, right? January, you know, 19, 1987, my date of abstinence. But how about celebrating the days now, we don't know. What about the day that my critical tongue disappeared? <laughs> I wish I could celebrate that with you, but I don't know what day that was. Or the day my irritability vanished. Or the day that my anger and rage diminished. All those things occurred because of this process, because of this work, because of pressing in. So when I am with my husband, 
and make the time and the appointment to be with him or to interact with the children or to support their efforts or to give them the love and care and support that they need. They are getting the best of me because God allowed that to emerge. The best of me as a wife, the best of me as a daughter, the best of me as a mother, the best of me as a friend, the best of me as a neighbor, so as a sister. So, you know, yes, we press in. Yes, we are very, very busy people sponsoring and helping other people. And yes, we give our family members time. Um, but, you know, it, it's life-giving. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Larry, it's your turn. And Monica, you're up next. Larry, we can't hear you, Larry. Star one. Okay. Monica, are you there? I'm so sorry. Okay, Larry, take it away. I'm so sorry. I got muted. I'll be quick. Uh, Larry Kay, uh, thank you, Sally, for your service. Recovered Compulsive Reader. You know, I, when, when I think about this avoiding, you know, responsibilities, um, you know, like you know, one of the things that I do for a living is I teach, and I teach at a local college, and um, I'll tie this in. You know, I can teach. Let's say I'm, I'm teaching about, uh, I don't know, a disorder like schizophrenia. I can teach, you know, students about the etiology of the disease, you know, where, where it comes from, the beginning, and I can teach you all about the causes for genetic and environmental I can teach uh, students how to diagnose this disease, you know, looking for the, the prevailing symptoms of schizophrenia, you know, the different brain chemistry and structure and, and the risk factors and so forth. I, I can teach all kinds of things about it. But you know the one thing I can't do? I can never tell a student that I know what it's like to be a schizophrenic. Because, see, I haven't experienced that. I have not experienced that. And so what makes me uh, uniquely useful in this, in this uh, capacity is, uh, uh, yes, I know a little bit about the etiology of, of this disease that we share on this line, and uh, I can tell you about, you know, what got me well, what the prescription I took, what happened to me. You know, but I can tell you, I can look you right between the eyes and I can say, I know about this because I am indeed a compulsive overeater. I, I'm, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. My cancer, if you will, is in remission. And so, yes, when I, when I seek to, to help others and uh, with, with, with the passion that we have, it comes from, it's different than when I teach. I love teaching. But this is different. This is different on so many, for so many fundamental reasons. And one of the reasons is, is because I could be uniquely helpful to, to you today. And also because since God has changed me in such profound ways, moving from a self-centered existence to a God-centered existence, which I did not effectuate that myself, God did the heavy lifting there. I, the thing is, I want to be of service today. That's the, that's the miracle for me. I want to be of service. And, oh, by the way, I have to be in order to retain this. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. With that, I'll pass. 
Thanks, Larry. Monica, you're up next, and we'll see if we can squeak in do right after that. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, everyone. This is Monica T., presently in Vermont. Um, here we are in Chapter 7, working with others, dealing with Step 12 here, and it says, helping others is a foundation stone of your recovery. And I was thinking about that and thinking, you know, the big book, this is nothing new here on page 97, what we're reading, because the big book has been telling me this all along from the very beginning. And in the forward to the second edition, it says to us, in order to save himself, he must carry his message to another alcoholic. And the next page, it says, strenuous work. One alcoholic with another was vital to permanent recovery. In the forward to the third edition, each day, somewhere in the world, recovery begins when one alcoholic talks with another alcoholic, sharing experience, strength, and hope. And these are just a couple I got real quickly at the very beginning of the book. And, and we're told this throughout the book, this underlying theme keeps coming up at us. Help others, help others, help others. To keep what you've been given, you've got to help others. You know, and, and to me, I want to keep what God has given me. And, and how did this happen for me? Because another compulsive overeater helped me. Another compulsive eater took the time to share with me. And, um, you know, this is so very, very important, sharing with other people. And in the doctor's opinion, he says, um, he talks about uh, Bill presenting his conceptions to other alcoholics and that this was a the basis of a rapidly growing fellowship. And here in, in step 12, it says, carry this message to other alcoholics, exclamation point. And, and when I'm doing this, you know, the big book is so smart. When we're busy helping somebody else, I can't be in the poor me's, you know. Poor Monica, thinking only about Monica and, and the drama, whatever is going on with me. This little work, this little effort of helping somebody else gets me out of there. Thank you, God. And when you get Monica out of there, you know, the crazy thoughts aren't going to come in saying, duh, this is just the best idea you had all day to eat something. It's going to make you feel better because I get to feel better by helping somebody else. And uh, thank you, God, for this program, and I pass. Thank you, Monica. You'll be our last share. Uh, and, Phoebe, I, I apologize. If you can wait, wait around, we'd love to hear what you have to say, Phoebe. Wait Good morning. Hour. Go ahead, Du. Good morning. This is Duel. Thank you so much for your service, uh, um, Sally. Um, I wanted to touch on that. Never avoid these responsibilities. Be, be sure you're doing the right thing if you assume them. And, you know, and it reminds me of what page 164, uh, towards the end, it says there. It says, we shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. So saying that, you know, this program is not based on convenience. It's based on inconvenience. And, yes, it's going to be a hard road. And especially if I have an alcoholic mind and I'm newcomer and I'm, I'm uh, trying to recover, I'm going to need a lot of guidance, um, I remember a lot of times when I ended up in the hospital and I didn't know how to deal with that situation. And I called my sponsor frantically because they kept me in the hospital and they said, you know, um, there, there's, there's no food. You know what I mean? They only give sandwiches out and they give juices and they give all these things. And I said, well, 
I'm in big trouble because I, I didn't, I was not prepared to end up in the hospital and, and face that situation. So I quickly called my sponsor and, and she helped me through that process. It meant that my sponsor had to talk to the doctors and explain to them that I had a serious illness with compulsive overeating. And, and they were able to provide the foods that I needed, you know, while I was staying there in the hospital. You know, other times it was inconvenience on my, on my sponsor's part where, where she had to, um, you know, constantly be on the phone because either I was in the hospital or I was in certain situations where I couldn't think my way through. And, and that's what happens, right? The sponsor's there to help the sponsee that can't get it. But once I get this program, I can do that for someone else. I can help another person that has an alcoholic mind that cannot, cannot think their way through. And so that's what's, that's what I see here is that you meet these occasions and such uh, uh, occasions and you're this, this Samaritan every day, every day. And so I'm grateful for this program. I'm grateful that I get to pass this forward. I get to help another compulsive overeater that's sick and suffering like I was. And I get to do this, and I get to pass it forward. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Drew. And thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Kathy Kay please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only ending with keep you until then. Thank you, Sally A., for your service. Um, Our book is meant to be suggested only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.